are listening radio amadi dabbas india greetings my name is anthony fichilla i'm a philosopher and a science and science fiction author i would like to thank karen and radio india for this brief presentation concerning science philosophy and theology now when we speak about theology immediately we focus on the existence of god god by definition is an infinite eternal being that exists outside of time and space independent of the universe and the reason why man struggles with this whole concept of god is because man is bound by time hence he cannot perceive something that is eternal in nature man's oscillating consciousness and entire reality is interconnected with time a triune perception of time of past present and potential future which in turn represents the whole beyond this man doesn't have the faculty or understanding to truly perceive something that is eternal in nature god exists outside of time and space eternally now what is space time what is it physically made of answer zero point electromagnetic quanta it's an electromagnetic field now many atheists get caught up with this question well who created god but again this is a non question it's an oxymoron in fact this is known as circular reasoning and circular reasoning is the fundamental fallacy in logic now let's look at the complexity of man we are a bizarre bundle of particles predominantly neutrons now the neutron is radioactive neutrons are the most abundant particle in our bodies In fact the atomic nuclei of atoms have protons and neutrons but the heavier atoms have more neutrons than protons. Now the interesting thing here is this a neutron only lives is stable for approximately 10 minutes after that it decays. So the interesting thing is this how is it that we exist if we are predominantly made up of something that decays within 10 minutes? Now the neutron decays into three particles a neutrino a proton and an electron. So here we have the first law of thermodynamics the conservation of energy. You cannot destroy energy it just changes form. Thus the neutron decays dies its energy is expelled and its energy is then converted into three separate particles. Incidentally a neutron and a proton have almost exactly the same mass. The neutron is only slightly heavier that means that the neutron has barely enough mass to allow it to decay because its mass is barely heavier than the sum of the mass of the proton plus the electron plus the neutrino and because it can barely decay this takes a long time it takes as i said 10 minutes which does not sound like a long time but in particle physics units that is considered to be a very long period of time here we have the relativity of time 10 minutes in our world the classical world is a very short period of time but those 10 minutes in the world of particle physics subatomic particles is actually considered a long period of time thus this is known as weak decay because it takes so long to occur but the interesting thing here is that is that once you drop a neutron into a nucleus it becomes bound that is it requires energy to release itself from so a neutron loses energy at this point and if we apply e equals mc squared The neutron loses energy and therefore loses mass. It loses enough mass so that inside the nucleus it can no longer decay into a proton plus electron plus neutrino. And this is the reason why we exist. We are only here because of this process and that's the reason why all the heavy elements, ones that are vital to life like nitrogen, oxygen and iron, carbon can indeed exist. Now an atheist will say that this is just an accident of nature. But to me that is absolutely impossible because this is this whole process is clearly order out of chaos 
there is a mind at work behind this process, order out of chaos, a mechanism. To say that this is just an accident of nature, to me, is absurd. It requires a mechanism. It requires God, this infinite being that transcends time and space. Now, let's look at the Big Bang. All matter was condensed into a point, finely tuned. The Big Bang occurred approximately 13.8 billion years ago. Again, that's just an approximation. Furthermore, a trillionth of a second after the explosion, the weak and electromagnetic forces separated us, leaving us with the four cosmic forces that we know today, which are, are of course, strong, weak, electromagnetic, and gravitational. Again, a fine-tuned explosion, order out of chaos. Again, this requires a mechanism. The Big Bang could have only occurred as a result of a mechanism that was working behind this whole process order out of chaos. An explosion took place and over billions of years our universe came into being. Order out of chaos. Next, what is the universe? Is it mechanical or dynamic? Well, the predominant scientific paradigm does not regard the universe as a living system because it's a mechanical universe, not a dynamic self-organizing universe, which gathers information as it goes along. Now, what are dynamic processes? Dynamic processes are systems with information feedback operations, i.e. a fractal, which results in a non-linear evolution and local unpredictability. So, the question is, what lies behind the predictable mechanical processes of the universe? A mechanical universe requires a mechanism. Isaac Newton was, it, it was, was very much in agreement with this whole notion. It's logical. In short, God has to be that mechanism behind the mechanical universe. Next, the spontaneously generated universe. The spontaneously generated universe violates the first law of thermodynamics. So the question is, what was responsible for pumping energy into the early universe, the open system? Where did it come from? Remember, the amount of energy in the universe is constant. It changes form, but the quantity remains the same, as the first law of thermodynamics states. Answer, this eternal, infinite being was responsible for putting energy into the early universe, the open system. He was the initial eternal spark needed for the universe to both come into being and to operate accordingly via certain laws in physics. Next, there are two kinds of things, things that exist necessarily and things that exist contingently. Things that exist necessarily exist by the necessity of their own nature. Thus, it's impossible for them not to exist. Some examples, mathematical objects exist in this way. Numbers exist in this way. The number one, the number two, the number three exist in this way. By contrast, things that are contingent do not exist necessarily. They exist because something else has caused them to exist. Examples being physical objects, planets, man, animals, and so forth. Now these need to be explained. Now surely God is the best explanation. The applicability of mathematics to the physical world proves that a mechanism is surely at work, and that God designed the universe and created man and so forth, and that the universe was built around certain mathematical structures that God had in mind. Now atheists love attacking this whole notion about God creating the universe, that God, the eternal infinite being, actually created the universe. And many atheists will use the argument based on the eternity of matter theory. In fact, most pantheists believe in the eternity of matter theory, that the universe has always existed. Thus, if the universe has always existed, we don't need an explanation. We, we can remove God from the equation, because if the universe is eternal, it's always existed, we can remove God from the equation. But does this, does this sit right? in light of science. Well, let's have a look. 
If the universe were infinitely old, eternal, it would have surely reached a point where all usable energy was exhausted. But through scientific analysis, cosmology, we see a totally different picture. That is, the universe is full of cosmic energy. Thus, the universe is not eternal in nature. Not to mention that decay, entropy, the second law of thermodynamics, takes place within the universe, which proves that there had to be a point genesis in the cosmos, a beginning. Take a star, a star lives and dies as it loses energy, and so forth. So we can see that there is death within the cosmos, which indicates that there had to be a point genesis to the universe. The next point, the fact that the universe is expanding, proves that the universe had a point genesis, a beginning. It proves that the universe was once clumped together, the Big Bang. And the final point here is cosmic background radiation clearly suggests that the universe had a beginning. That is, the Big Bang took place. In other words, the universe is filled with radiation. This radiation is heat, remnant heat left over from the Big Bang. The early universe was a very hot place. So from these four points, we can clearly see that the whole notion of the eternity of matter theory could be easily removed and easily dismantled. We know that the universe had a beginning. The question is what was responsible for that beginning and surely in light of what I have discussed thus far, God is the only real answer to that question. God has to be the mechanism, the mind behind the creation of the universe, the creation of man, and so forth. Next, entropy and evolution. Now, regarding evolution, does the second law of thermodynamics contradict atheistic biological evolution? Answer yes, but it doesn't contradict theistic biological evolution. Evolution states that disordered and dispersed lifeless atoms and molecules spontaneously came together over time in a particular arrangement resulting in the formation of very complex molecules. But the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, erosion and decay contradicts this. No highly complex organic molecule can ever form spontaneously, but will rather disintegrate over time as a result of entropy. In other words, atoms and molecules over time become far less complex and more disorderly and then disintegrate. But with God, the eternal mechanism in the equation, evolution can work perfectly, as it has done. That is, atoms and molecules can become more complex and more orderly over time. Then life begins. In short, evolution requires a special mechanism. God is that mechanism. Next, something from nothing. Well, firstly, there is no such thing as nothing. Even nothing is something. In fact, nothing is a physical concept because it is the absence of something and something is a physical concept. Furthermore, we now know, due to the laws of quantum mechanics and relativity, that empty space is not empty. Every single point in space contains, contains information. Empty space is a boiling, bubbling brew of virtual particles popping in and out of existence all the time. This, of course, can only happen within the quantum world. Things cannot pop in and out of existence in a classical world, our world, because it would violate the laws of energy. That is, you can't produce mass where there wasn't any mass in the first place. Thus, there is an invisible field everywhere in the universe, everywhere in space, and it is this invisible field, in a sense, that is responsible for our existence. Thus, everything around us that we see, in a sense, is an illusion. Now, because of this, according to atheistic scientists like Richard Dawkins and so forth, because of this, if you wait long enough, you are guaranteed by the laws of quantum mechanics alone to produce something from seemingly nothing i.e. particles and matter. That is, gravity allows negative energy as well as positive energy configurations. Thus, you can create two particles out of seemingly nothing. In summary, in order to create something, you don't need anything. Thus, the laws of quantum mechanics fused with gravity will tell you that if you have empty space and you wait long enough, particles will be created. And if you wait long enough, empty space will always produce a universe full of matter. In fact, 
In fact, once you apply the laws of quantum mechanics to gravity itself, then space itself becomes a quantum mechanical variable and fluctuates in and out of existence. And you can literally, by the laws of quantum mechanics, create universes, create spaces and times where there was no space and time before. But there's a problem here. Physical laws cannot create physical realities. The laws of quantum mechanics cannot by themselves create anything, let alone apparent universes, spaces and times where there was no space and time before. If you go along with this thinking, you are basically ascribing creative power to physical law, i.e. quantum mechanics, but laws do not create anything, let alone a complex universe. In summary, the laws of physics, quantum mechanics, can't cause anything to happen. Only the will of God could be responsible for the existence of space, the universe, and indeed all matter. In summary, God operates through the laws of quantum mechanics. God operates through the laws of physics. He created the Higgs field. God operates through quantum mechanics. God is the mechanism, the mind behind quantum mechanics, behind the laws of physics, behind the Higgs field, behind this invisible field. God is the mechanism at work within science itself. Next, the computer simulated universe. Do we live in a virtual reality? Do we live in a matrix? And how does this connect with God? Well, firstly, if we measure cosmic rays zipping through space and find that those traveling at one angle have consistently different energies from those traveling at another angle, then we know that there's a grid structure to the universe. Thus, everything is ultimately nothing but a holographic projection. In fact, all matter, everything, is pixelated, made up of subatomic particles, strings of light that oscillate. Basically, if you amplify frequency, you change the structure of matter. In fact, the solidity of the world seems totally indisputable as a fixed thing that you can both touch and see. However, modern physics based on this tells us that the solidity is nothing but a mirage. That is, all physical matter is a result of frequency. And what this means is, if you amplify the frequency, you change the structure of matter. Thus, matter is ultimately an illusion. Space-time is ultimately an illusion. But the question here is, if we do live in a computer simulated universe, who is the simulator? Again, it still requires a mechanism. Only God could be the simulator, a mechanism controlling this virtual reality. God, the eternal simulator, the mind behind this computer simulated universe. So even if you were to go along with this whole notion of the computer simulated universe, it would still require God, this mechanism, to be at work. Next, the missing link in evolution. Now our planet is approximately four and a half billion years old. After about half a billion years, we had the first formations of life, microorganisms and bacteria. After that, things became bigger, more complex and far more interesting. Now within evolution, we transitioned from physics to biology, then from biology, we transitioned to chemistry. So within evolution, we transitioned from physics to biology, then from biology, we transitioned to chemistry. So there's a sudden quantum leap from biology to chemistry, but nobody understands how this transition occurred. Biological processes to chemical processes. Biology basically handed over to chemistry. In other words, we transitioned from biological processes into chemical processes. Now, as a result of this quantum leap, we had the formation of genetics. First high-tech genetic molecule, a precursor to DNA, then of course DNA. 
In other words, natural selection, evolution, can't get going until you have genetics. But nobody knows how genetics started. The laws of chemistry somehow how to give rise to a self-replicating molecule. Once you've got that, at least a sufficiently accurately self-replicating molecule, then evolution starts and all life comes into being. But you've got to start with genetics. But if you can't explain how we had this quantum leap from biological processes to chemical processes and then the formation of genetics. If you can't explain how genetics started, you can't explain evolution because evolution sits on the pillar of genetics. Now, the likes of Richard Dawkins and many atheistic scientists say this is a gap. This is actually a black hole for the likes of Dawkins and the other atheists because if you can't explain how genetics started, you can't really explain evolution because evolution sits on the pillar of genetics. So at this point, it becomes logical to say that something supernatural had to have taken place, a a divine spark. God, that mechanism that I have spoken about, was involved at that point. He is the missing gap. He is the spark in that gap that created genetics, and as a result of the creation of genetics, evolution started, because evolution sits on the pillar of genetics. Now I'll close my present, my brief presentation by referring to a point that I had made earlier, the whole notion of nothing. Even nothing is something. There is no such thing as nothing. Even nothing is something. In fact, nothing is a physical concept, because it is the absence of something, and something is a physical concept. Furthermore, there are a variety of forms of nothing. They all have physical definitions. The laws of quantum mechanics tell us that nothing is unstable. 70% of the dominant stuff in the universe is nothing. There's nothing there, but it has energy. Nothing weighs something. Nothing is almost everything. Quantum mechanical systems and the quantum vacuum are physical realities, therefore clearly something. You cannot call these realities nothing. Thus, all things need an explanation for their existence. God, surely God, is The point genesis is the creator of all life, all life, starting from the Big Bang. He is the mechanism behind evolution. He is the mechanism behind quantum physics. He is the mechanism behind everything that we see within the world of science. God operates through science. He operates through quantum mechanics. He operates through the Higgs field. He operates through the laws of science. In fact, In fact, God is the best explanation for the applicability of mathematics to the physical world. Mathematics is the language of nature. The applicability of mathematics to the physical world proves that a mechanism is at work. God. God designed the universe on the mathematical structure he had in mind. God is the spark behind all life. He operates through the laws of science. And I will end on, on that note. Thank you. Hello, you are listening Radio Amadi Dabas, India.